Welcome to episode 27, Golden Balls Podcast. And today we got a special guest. He is the man who wins all. It is Jeff Medham. Jeff, how are you doing today? That jinxing is not going to work here, Jared. No, it's it's obvious. I just look at all the standings and they all say the same name at the top. So, Right, right. Well, right. last last time we did three, I was ahead in all three at one point and it didn't work out. So, yeah, man, man, he cheated. We'll, we'll talk- man, he, sorry, man, he cheated his way to a victory, which will never happen again. All right, well, that may or may not happen. We're going to talk about that probably as we get to one of our round of 16 matches. We're going to talk about the Euros, and we'll save a little time at the end to talk a little Copa America because that is the true fun tournament of the summer in terms of absolute craziness and uh, unpredictability. But let's let's do the uh, Euros and figure the way we'll kind of talk about. We'll talk about the eight round of 16 matches, and we'll talk a little bit about what we think the teams are going to do. And, of course, that intertwines perfectly with the fantasy, and then we'll talk specifically about the fantasy as well. And we are starting off uh, Saturday, June 26th, early game, noon Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. We have Wales and Denmark, which is not the biggest fantasy matchup, but in many ways is probably is one of the most intriguing matchups just in terms of everything that has gone on, especially with Denmark during this tournament. So what do you what do you think about those two teams and what we have going on in the first game? I think it's going to be wide open and basically flip a coin. Uh, my gut sort of says Wales actually is probably going to gonna win this one just because Ramsey will do something after 17 you know close tries and he'll end up getting one in there um and just feels like Denmark you know they got through but without their captain and talisman I just I just I don't know I'm sort of hoping for Denmark I'm sure you are as well and I have also to bring up the fact that you made fun of my team for having Sir Martin Braithwaite on it which I you know that hurt my feelings a little bit I, I specifically made fun of Martin Braithwaite, or did yeah, everyone make fun of Martin Braithwaite? Well, everyone, but, you know, you're the podcast host. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, and Martin Braithwaite has done very little so far, specifically this tournament, but all it takes is that one goal to turn it around. I, I, I do have to slightly disagree with you. I actually, I, I pegged Denmark as the favorite here. Quite honestly, I just, I don't think Wales is very good. Um, I don't think they have played particularly well in this tournament. I think that they are obviously alive in this tournament because they were in a group that, I mean, I certainly don't think was very good. Um they got, you know, they got pretty soundly beaten by Italy. They did scrape a jaw against Switzerland. Of course, they got that win over um, Turkey, who, of course, might have been the worst team in the tournament. I just, I think that there is something. I, I think the momentum of Denmark has is going to carry over. I think that, you know, they got, they, they obviously lost the first game that they should have never been playing. They really played well against Belgium and just didn't get it done. And then, of course, that second half explosion was perhaps the most fun, maybe 15 minutes of the tournament. I like Denmark to win here. Um, not anything massive in terms of fantasy, I would say. Obviously, there's, you know, we got Bale on the whale side and a few Danish guys. Uh, but, you know, I don't think this is going to be certainly the one game among all the around of 16 that's going to, you know, drastically sway anything that's going on. But if Denmark does win, then obviously we got Jordan getting a few points. You'll pick up a few points as well. Um, but I think it's a nice little appetizer getting into our group, you know, our, our eight matches here where, you know, a little bit on the line, but not too much. And it kind of just spurs us on, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's a nice little appetizer. I think it's going to be whales and penalties after a one-one. Penalties, all right. Whales I'll and say, penalties. I will say Denmark. Uh, let's say two to nothing with a late goal to salt it away. That'll be my prediction. All right. Well, remember, I'm, all these all these will be wrong, of course. For the for the record, part of the reason I think it's going to be whales is because they're clearly a worse team, and it, this is the Euros, so it's just we got to have some it. madness at some point. I felt like. There wasn't enough madness for what I've come to be accustomed to in the Euro in the first uh, stages, almost with Germany almost getting kicked out. But I'm I think I'm expecting some upsets here in the second uh, 
leg, and this wouldn't be a big upset. But I'm cheering All for right. Denmark like anyone else, too. After that, tomorrow, on Saturday, we got Italy and Austria. This is actually from Wembley Stadium in London. I should say the first match is in Amsterdam, which is kind of weird because we've, always, we've had these teams kind of playing some home games, and some of them have stayed at home, and some of them have had to jump around. So Italy, after playing three games at Rome, is now in Wembley to play Austria. And I want to just say, before we even get into any of this, and this is true for uh, a couple teams here, is that, believe it or not, in the World Cup and in Euros, only one time since 2004 has a team with nine points in the group stage actually won a tournament that was Spain in 2008. So we always look at teams that go three and zero, and we think they're flying high and playing really well. And of course they often are, but it is not a predictor of, uh, of success in the knockout stage. And Italy, of course, one of the three teams in this tournament with nine points. Yeah, but they've been good and they've played, they've played some crappy teams, but I don't think, you know, if you've ever noticed how like the pundits always, even if you play a terrible team and you look great, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, wonderful Spain, just five-star performance. Whereas like Germany looked like, you know, horrible against France. It's like, to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I think Italy did not have a hard group, right? We know Turkey was a complete figment, for example. Um, And so we'll see. I mean, Austria is not great. Italy should win this game pretty easily, but not be, you know, not because they're as good as everyone says they are. I, I think um, there might be a little bit of uh, smelling their own farts. So we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping the Azuri roll and, and don't, don't concede a goal for fantasy purposes, but uh, well, maybe it'll be trickier than I think. I think it will be pretty tricky. And I think Austria, I, I think they played decently well. Obviously, you know, North Macedonia was a weaker team, but they did what they had to do. Only gave up a goal because of like kind of a silly kind of fluky goal, goalkeeper error. Obviously they did very well against Ukraine in that last match. And, you know, I think, the weird thing about Austria is I think in these, in the tournaments like the Euros where it's 24 to 16, when everyone knows that four points is on, you know, it kind of gets you through. I think Austria went into that Netherlands game being like, kind of like Sweden against Spain, right? They just really wanted to sit back, try and, you know, go zero, zero as long as they could. And of course they give up that early penalty. So the Netherlands are leading the entire game. Then finally in the last half an hour, Austria kind of goes for it a little bit and get caught out on the counter. But I do think Austria is going to just try and sit back, try and keep it 0-0 as long as possible, just frustrate Italy and try and get lucky. The problem is, of course, Italy is usually so good defensively that, you know, when you're when you're an underdog in these kind of games, you hope that you can either counter or get a set piece. And those are two things where Italy does not give up a lot of chances. They, you know, they're good on the counter. And, of course, with, you know, Chiellini and Benucci, they have these tree trunk guys in the middle of the of the pitch, even on corner kicks where it's really hard. So, I think I think it's like a one nothing kind of Italy win, and I think they they never really are threatened to lose. But I think Austria is going to make it extraordinarily difficult, and I think it's going to be one of those games where if you have a lot of Italian players on your team, I think you're hoping that oh Austria, that's a place where you know if I can get two goals out of my guy or whatever, you know I'm in good shape. But I think this is just one of those real grinded out one nothing games where Italy doesn't look great, but at the same time they're never threatened. Yeah, I kind of agree. I, I'll say two nothing Italy. Um, and they'll never be threatened. I'm sure the goalkeeper won't get any saves. Um, and, you know, it'll be, it'll probably be like Chiro or someone like that who breaks it at like the 75th minute. Um, yeah, it could be definitely that kind of game. Now, of course, I will, I will be rooting for Austria hard from a fantasy perspective, but. Yeah. And, and so a couple, couple lineup questions for Italy. So I, I don't think Kylian yes. is going to play. He's, he's going to sit another game, even though he's back training with the team. I also don't think that Stroh's Bastoni is going to play. I think it's going to be the other guy, the 33-year-old. Serbi. Who... It could very well yeah, could be. Serbi. And then the other thing is it doesn't look like um, Florenzi is going to play either. So 
Yeah, um, uh, right. So that was a little brutal for you. It's unlucky for me. And then the um, the midfield, the real question in the Italian press is Verratti versus right. Locatelli. And I think it's probably going to go to Verratti, but we'll see. And obviously for fantasy purposes, it doesn't much matter because you have the both of them. So right. either way, I guess. It, it, do you actually have a preference? Like which one starts in terms of like which one do you think is more likely to is – it, is, do you think Locatelli with the hot hand is more likely to get – uh, points or is it the, the the steadiness of Verratti that is more likely to you know play that through ball or whatever to get the assist? Yeah, Verratti is definitely more likely to pull the strings and pull an assist together, right? And but he's also more likely to be like the second assist, the MLS assist. Whereas Locatelli, like I think he is more likely to make a run into the box than Verratti is. So probably uh, I would prefer Locatelli. Uh, maybe the team is better off with Verratti, but um, hard to say. And the last question, I guess you could say for the lineup is, do we think that Berardi is going to return to the starting lineup like he did in the first two games? Or did Chiesa do enough in the third game to kind of maybe unseat Berardi there? No, Chiesa is not going to start. Okay. Well, Sorry. For a no, I, I, it could go either way, but Berardi did enough, I think, in that second game. I thought in the first game he was pretty poor, but I thought he played well enough in the second game to maybe keep his job, especially since that seems to be the, the favored lineup there. All right, moving on to Sunday, we got the Netherlands and Czech Republic. And I think uh, this kind of is a little bit like Italy-Austria, where, again, Netherlands 3-0, looking pretty good against, you know, again, uh, two teams certainly that weren't, I don't think, very good. But I think the difference between the Netherlands and Italy is that I think the Netherlands are far more likely to concede a goal against the run of play because, A, they did against Ukraine, certainly got, you know, cut up a couple times quickly. But, again, you know, uh, while Delict and, and those guys are very good defenders, don't get me wrong, they don't have necessarily the same physical – you know, prowess of a Chiellini and a Benucci or whatever. And Patrick Schick is, you know, a beast up there that can certainly uh, create a goal out of a little bit of nothing. That said, the Netherlands are obviously better, but can the Czechs catch him a little bit here? Yeah, I think the Czechs will score. I really like DeLict. He's by far the best defender on the team. And with him in the side, they were way better defensively. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that this is sort of like a 2-1 or 2-2 and potentially penalties. I think the Dutch will score uh memphis is definitely uh looks like he's starting to heat up um interested to see if they go with my boy wout and uh so we can continue to bully people on the field with him uh or if they go with mullen um i know who they're not going to go with and that's stroh's guy so that's pretty funny but i'm yeah. hoping i'm hoping they go with wout again it, it should be interesting It'd be, because again this goes do you do you fight fire with fire right checks a big big group of dudes or whatever so do you put the banger in there with him to bang around or do you try and use the, the quick guy to kind of, right. you know, sneak through. But I, I kind of feel like Weghurst is the answer because you already have, you know, Memphis and Wijnaldum and those guys kind of already in there to kind of make those runs. So maybe you could just kind of have the back to goal, you know, stereotypical number nine to just kind of absorb, you know, absorb the big bodies and the checks. Uh, the only question would be is, is that, you know, Frank DeBoer, I, I don't under, like – they have so much talent, and I guess it doesn't matter. But De Boer is like not very good, and I just and I think if you're if you have a lot of Dutch guys on your team, I think your concern is that if they are like one one in the second half or whatever, like does he make a mistake? And like all it takes is that one mistake to make that one wrong sub or that one tactical shift that you just can't trust him to do. Obviously, if you want the Netherlands, you really hope they get those one or two early goals, and just that way you you almost can't screw it up. Though again, against Ukraine, he nearly did. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know you hate you hate this guy DeBoer. He's you, so you, bad. Well, I mean, he could be your undoing in this whole thing because now they're on the easier side of the bracket. Yeah. When, when all of them is playing so well, and you know Memphis is heating up like Dumfries is you know Dumfries, 
<laughs> is obviously like really exciting and he's been great. And now with DeLitt back in the back line, I think the Dutch could potentially make a run to the final. I know you hate no, it, I, but I, no, I mean, they certainly could, of course, because of where they are in the bracket. It's just, it just, it blows my mind because they're going to do it despite their manager. And, and, you know, they're not the only team I think that's in this as yes, we're going you know, to get to it a few in a couple of games, but it's like, there's quite a few teams in this that have all the talent in the world. And it seems like every time they win a game, it's despite, their manager like and there's other you know in Italy I think is the opposite Italy has great talent don't get me wrong but you feel like that you know Mancini is going to make the right decisions and they're going to be you know that the, that the sum is going to be great even greater than the parts of the whole and I just feel like with some of these other teams it's like don't they might get there because they have enough talent but like I just yeah. I, I'll, you'll never feel I just feel like you'll never feel good about it because you can you know at any given point you can just what's screw it up. what's a little funny with how bad he is I mean what does that say about Yogi because well, Basically, that's, what, that's one of the other teams I was thinking of. When I well, said right, because, you know, like the way that they play with their five in the back, quote unquote, is really not a five in the back for most of the tournament. Like they've just like, like I said, Dumfries and Van Alt yeah, or whoever comes in have been fully. Yeah, they've been doing what Gozens and um, Kimmich are supposed to do. But like, you know, at least in the last game with Hungary, it was we're fully inept and unable to do. But kind of interesting. Um, I think they're going to win. But it's it's going to be touchy, and it's probably going to be like I said. I'm expecting goals, so I'll say two to one. That sounds about right for me as well. Sunday late game, we have uh, probably uh, I guess the second most intriguing matchup of the round of sixteen. We have Belgium and Portugal. This game being played on that choppy field in Seville in Spain. Um, obviously, a battle of you know kind of De Bruyne running the show for Belgium in their group stage, and we got Ronaldo obviously doing his thing with five goals in the group stage albeit only a couple from the run of play, I suppose. Um, who's a th- Is Belgium the favorite here for sure? Yeah, I think so, especially when they have their full-strength team. Now, just in the way that I, I think Portugal is not that strong. They have some really talented individuals up front, but like the fact that Germany really looked much, much better than them. And I think Belgium with Lukaku and uh, KDB, I mean, I just think they're, they're going to be able to score at will on Portugal. Um, and that's going to make Goru quite sad because his team's basically his strongest parts are, are just going directly at each other. Um, and to get it to the golden balls, this is just going to destroy his team. I I don't know if he can win, right. Unless unless Belgium just goes on an absolute tear because Kevin De Bruyne, you know, is amazing, but he wants, he wants Belgium to win because of the goalkeepers. But man, losing Ronaldo, who has basically carried his team so far, would would be brutal. So yeah, I we're going to we're going to talk about that in a minute. You know, obviously we we'll go through the teams as well. And he already is in a position where he's lost so many players that he doesn't even have the luxury of. You know, he's going to lose those players no matter what. He's going to lose at least one player, obviously. But he he doesn't have the you know the depth right now to sustain what's about to happen to him. Certainly, now, the the only the only the you know the other side of that is just that like the Belgians had a super easy group. Uh, the hardest opponent had, you know, their their best right. player almost died, you know, the game before, and then they they didn't look great to me, honestly. Like I know Lukaku had amazing moments, and when KDB came in, um, they looked incredible. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I they're a little weak at the back. You know, they've got a little old man power going the wrong way, the same way Germany does. Um, so you know, could you know Chrissy Poo get a penalty in the you know at some point along the way and take the lead and start putting the pressure on, I think. But I just don't think uh, that Pokemon Pepe is going to be able to, uh, to you know, dick, dick, stop, stop him from scoring. So 
could be a situation where it's a little tense for a bit, but I expect Belgium will win. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement. I, I think that, is poor, that, as you said, Portugal is going to struggle to score from the run of play. Uh, but they do. They are great at drawing penalties, so you never know that way. But I do think it, even you know it might even if it takes extra time, I just don't see how Belgium won't eventually get there and get and you know with De Bruyne in, in there and and of course we have Portugal with their second best player arguably is just completely ineffective in the system. Uh, you know they played a lot better when Bruno Fernandes is off the pitch and yeah. obviously as good as he is for United, it just doesn't seem to work and. You know, there's just not the depth, of course, that Belgium has. Belgium has midfielders to spare that are just don't even, you know, get on the field. They have attackers that don't play. They, you know, they having, you know, Mertens, I think, has played, what, like 120 minutes in this tournament or something so far. And, you know, he's barely been on the field. And he, has, of course, has all that ability to get forward. And, you know, is Carrasco going to start? His ha- which, you know, are both hazards. Like, they're just an embarrassment of riches. So, you get in that game, 70th minute, and you just start bringing on world-class attackers and, you know, as you said, is Pep really going to be able to, you know, and, and Semedo, who's kind of been on the wrong side of some beatdowns the last couple of matches. I just, Belgium has too much. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see if uh, Portugal can keep piling in the own goals. I'm really excited yeah, no, to see if they can do that. That'd be, that'd be great. All right, Monday, early, interesting match from Copenhagen. We got Croatia and Spain, and I guess the question on everyone's mind is, which Spain is going to play in this game, the first 180 minutes or the second 90 or the last 90 minutes, which Spain is showing up against Croatia. It doesn't matter. I don't know, but I will be the contrarian here and say, I think Croatia is my favorite here. Uh, really? Yeah. I like Croatia. I like the old manpower. I think Luca's going to, he's going to, he's going to carry his team in this one and Croatia is going to upset Spain. Maybe part of that is just not having, like, I just can't allow myself to believe Manuel will continue to do well in the golden balls. But I just think Spain's just not that good. They, they're just so, like, toothless. They beat a team 5 nothing that sort of gave up, and now they're all celebrating high-fiving. But for me, they just don't have great players, to be honest, and I don't think they have a great system worked out. Well, well that's, that much is true. I just, I just don't know if I rate Croatia enough to get that result. I think that, you know when you get to the quarterfinals and of course if Spain were to win and favorites go on they'd play France and of course I think that's a no-brainer uh you know in terms of France being the favorite but as much as I love Modric don't get me wrong but that's a lot of old man power across that field not just him um and you know for better or for worse as much trouble as Spain has had moving forward defensively they've been solid enough and I just you know and I don't think Croatia is going to have that many chances uh, to get a goal, so they're really going to need to be very precise. You know, it's going to have to be a Perisic getting like that moment, or you know, Modric moment of brilliance. But you know, the forwards, Revic has sucked. Uh, you know, Kramaric came in a couple of times and was ineffective. So I just don't know if Croatia. You know, it might again, it might take a long time. It might even go to penalties or something. Well, actually, if it goes to penalties, Croatia is going to win. But I right, just... but that that's the, the, what you just <laughs> said there. Doesn't that, that's a huge advantage? I agree. I think yeah. Croatia will win if it goes to penalties. And I think they'll sit back and force Spain to try and actually break them down. And and uh, I just have this feeling that they're going to be able to to win this one. By the way, like, do we really think all the favorites are going to win in the round of 16? I, I don't. I, I think we're probably going to be super wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably and, true. But I just, you know, it's... It, I just, I, I feel like I, Spain's going to win one nothing, but I'm more picking against Croatia than I'm picking for Spain. And the other little minor thing, which maybe, I don't know if this plays a role or not, but Spain has played three games at home. And ordinarily, like like we said with Italy, like going on the road now is a bit of a disadvantage. But I think Spain actually leaving might be an advantage for two reasons. One of which is that their fan base is really not 
very happy right now with what's going on. Of course, you know, Murata, they cheered him off last time, even after he missed the penalty. But, you know, they've been getting a lot of, of stick from their own fans. And that's Seville pitch is like, it, that's pretty bad. And for a passing team like Spain, I do think it's hurt them a little bit. Maybe just getting onto like a fresh, better field, a little bit smoother of a field, it actually just might help them create a couple more dangerous opportunities because the grass will actually play normally. And again, that shouldn't be what it takes, but, you know, fine margins and all. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they just get that one extra, two extra chance over the course of ninety minutes and squeak the goal that maybe they wouldn't otherwise. I agree that I, you can't expect all the favorites to win, but it's just really hard to pick individually which one is going to be the one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if you're a betting, you're betting you're probably Spain's favorite. I just think that like Modric or or Persich or someone like that will just have a moment and that'll be enough. Or or it'll go to PKs. Yeah, and PKs would be big Croatia at the time. I, I would I would have to agree there. All right, uh, Monday afternoon, late game. Uh, probably, I would say, in my opinion, the biggest mismatch of the round, we have France against Switzerland. Right. Yeah, I just, Agreed. Yeah. Mismatch. <laughs> I think France should win this pretty easily, but it, they haven't really gotten out of their own way a little bit. I mean, they, they showed for a brief stints against Portugal, brief stints against Germany, a couple offsides away from really dominating the score sheet there. Um but I don't know. They, it, it, they just look a lot like they did in the World Cup to me, and that's probably a good thing. They still refuse to possess the ball, right? They, like, they just won't do it. I mean, unless they're really pressing in, in against Portugal. They had some moments where they were pressing. But I think that's how you win in tournament soccer, I guess. And, and they just have the best players, especially in midfield and, at, and uh, attacking. So they should be able to win. I don't, and this should be like a two or three nothing win. Probably. Yeah, and, and Switzerland and Switzerland's biggest ability to create and score is obviously Shakiri coming through the midfield, and like you know against Turkey, obviously he looks brilliant, right? Because Turkey has no defense, et cetera, et cetera, right? But that doesn't work when N'Golo Conte is just kind of sitting in front of Rafael Varane and you know Kempembe, yeah. like that's not a thing. And Seferovic is not going to do anything. And like what Jock, like I just it just it, there's too much. It's, it's yeah, it's just a it, massive mismatch. And as you said, France can do whatever they want and be comfortable, and eventually get their goals. Feels like the only chance for Switzerland here is if it just goes later and later, and they just have you know I don't know Benzema's like just missed a couple open ones or whatever, right? I mean they've they've had the chances just to, haven't taken them, and then all of a sudden it's like 80th minute and people get nervous and you know. That's really the only chance I see. I, I think their best I, chance is Pavard coming back in the lineup and doing and him happening, happening to him what happened against Hungary, right? Where yeah. he just they just dance around him and all of a sudden they're in on goal and it's just like what you know, and what just happened. And I think that I think that this game is going to look a little like that one where it's just going to be you know France is going to have more a lot of the possession because they're just Switzerland can't keep it like it's not just it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So. Like well, you Pavard, know, Pavard is probably still concussed from that Germany game. Um, but, so. But, but do I, they don't have a choice. I, I I don't think it matters who they play there. I'm sure I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll play him. They might bring him back. I mean, he, he apparently uh, Deschamps re- was really really pissed at him, and so he got completely benched. And I don't know if he's going to come back, but it probably doesn't matter. Now, do we think Hernandez got pulled because of the yellow card, or do you think he got dinged up? Because obviously Digne came in and then immediately got hurt himself. So what I, do yeah? What do we think I, happened there? Probably, probably protecting him for the next round. I think I did hear a, I did hear a uh, on one of the ESPN podcasts a rumor of possibly Pavard actually moving to left back and Kunde staying in and, and kind of going about it that way if Hernandez wasn't ready to go. So we'll see kind of what they do with that. But either way, I, as we said, I think France is comfortable here. 
Yeah, agreed. I I was just going to do a quick look to see if I could see anything, but I can't see anything, obviously. Um, so who knows? All right. Tuesday, we have the uh, the tie of the round, not only for, I think, in the actual term itself, but certainly for fantasy purposes. We got in London at Wembley, we got England and Germany in a game where I literally can't make heads or tails of any of this because both of them have, are heavyweights that just don't play very well. For the most part. Well, the, but but for different reasons, I think, right? I mean, uh, Germany. Ger- I well, they look very different. Germany is like the most chaotic team I've like ever seen. They 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 they'll dominate possession. Germany will dominate possession in this game. They'll probably um, they'll probably create a bunch of chances. Uh, but any time, like historically, this German team last year. Anytime the other team has a chance, they score. The rate is like 100%. It's like astonishing. Even against Latvia or North Macedonia in the recently, it's like one sub chance. Oh, it's in the net. And it's not even Neuer's fault. Uh, so I don't really know what, what, what that's about. But the only thing that, you, you know, heals that is going up against the potato that came. Well, in England, and, England, I think, is, was 22nd out of the 24 teams in creating chances in the group stage or something like that. I mean, there's just right. nothing. They had absolutely nothing, so I, I agree. It's just the mystery. I, I see. I I agree I with know. you. I agree with you. The teams play very different, but I think they are both victims of tactical something by their managers. I think, like just like the Netherlands, I think they any any success they have is despite their managers. And we have England, and you know Harry Kane's like dropping into like midfield to pick up the ball and distribute. It's like what like, and I understand it's not a hundred percent tactical, but it's like what is going on here? And you have all these talented players and Jaden Sancho, I don't know what he did to deserve whatever's going on where he can't get on the field for more than eight minutes. And just like England obviously has all these talented attackers and, you know, and they come in and they look good for 10 minutes at a time and then they look really bad. And it's like, what, they score a goal and then they stop playing. Like it, that can't be the players, right? That can't be the players being like, all right, we scored. Like we're good. Yeah. And so England's doing that. Now on the other end, you have Germany who they face adversity. And I don't think, and if they get ahead, I think they're fine, right? If, if Germany scores the first goal, gets up like they did in Portugal, they're fine. They can play their game, and even if they're chaotic, like whatever. But when they got behind and they had to chase a goal against Hungary, what was, what was Jurgen Klopp's strategy? His strategy was literally just okay. You five guys are like good at attacking, get on the field. Just like, did, did, was well, there a shape? So, like, so honestly, though. But well, right at the end, he had like six forwards in, <laughs> in the field. Uh, but the um, Germany historically and Yogi in general horrible at breaking down teams that park the bus so the hungry right. low block was like impossible for them so and that's really what happened in south korea of course in the world right it's, exactly at some point at some point they're still chasing a goal right and it's like leroy sane is playing like right wing back and like i mean they're just like it just doesn't make any sense and and you really have to wonder and I'm like fine it works against hungary because it's hungry and they're literally defending for their lives but like say england's up one nothing in the 60th minute and if yuri low tries to throw on six forwards like they're going to give up two more goals like they're not yeah. like they're not going to get back in that game when it's raheem sterling running the other way and not whatever shaloy Savoy, whatever random <laughs> like it's not it's I mean, not those goals happen. that first no, goal they were nice a, but like peach but uh, yeah but the, it's a little I, bit different when you have Sterling or, or Grealish or whoever, you know, whoever England is playing. It's like you can't – they can't get behind. Absolutely I, not. I, I tend to agree. What happens with them is they – first of all, they do much better when they play a team that is open to attacking, right? Like like Portugal. Much better. Um, so hopefully England actually doesn't try and park the bus and wants to attack. I think if they do that, that's an advantage Germany. But I don't uh, think they will. You think England will just sit back? 
I think they would. I mean, I think they think that's what they've done. They're doing it against bad teams. Why wouldn't they do it against a better team? Yeah. So then, I don't know. It just <laughs> right. And the second thing is, if if they don't start Goretzka, they're. I mean, yeah, it's a must. You have to sit going to one at least and put Goretzka in. He's just he's a must start. Um, and then you, you, Sané cannot even see the field. Like maybe at the no, very I that, end, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, that ship sailed. So we'll see. I would expect, you know, I would expect it to be Müller, Harvats, uh, and uh, Gnabry, and then Goretzka, um, Kimmich, and uh, and Cruz again. But we'll, and then you know Gosens and then the back right. three. But who knows? I'd love them to switch to a back four and play a you know four through three. Yeah, it'd be, four. it'd be but, interesting. But he's not going to do that. Oh, and I don't. Th- I'm not sure Gosens can uh, against a team like England. I, I think that you know Gosens is you know like we talked about Dumfries before. They're just he's not right there. He's not there defensively yet. I mean, if you look at a club level, right? He plays for Atalanta, where he's pretty much playing midfield, and you know they can't sell him because any team that plays a back four won't take him because they don't think he can play left back at this point. So, can you play him at a left back when you know the you know the guy facing you the other way is an all world you know, attacking player. I yeah. don't know. Maybe not. Um, People have so if you go back for, four, um, can you go with Gosens? I don't, you know, it, it's, it's tough at that point. And of course, Gosens has been brilliant moving forward. So it's. Well, he was, except for against Hungary where they're, well, they're like, their bus just stopped. Well, you running. mean where they, where they just stood there and goes, you can't run here anymore. Like <laughs> Correct. Portugal didn't do. Uh, right. Yeah, and then we didn't works. have, we didn't have anyone who could make like, uh, like a, a tricky pass at the right point. So we just had to rely on like, just a lucky goal and then just like uh, an 18 year old just running into the box and creating a chance, which is interesting because he, he, they won't start him, but um, he should see the field if they need a goal. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he, he certainly proved his, his, he proved that if they need a goal or whatever, that he can certainly come in and make a play. So why not? Yeah. And so what I think happens is the Germany team, either looks good, creates some chances, gains confidence, and then rolls. Like, th- that's possible here. Or they just or they just get crushed. It's you know, like, funny, funnily enough, I think Germany wins this game one nothing. I think so, it's yeah. the hardest game to pull, but I just feel like England's not going to score. And I feel like Germany just gets one. I don't know yeah. why. I have no I, – I don't have, like, a, a stat. Like, everything I just said tactically, like, what I'm saying doesn't even apply to that. But – it is kind of just I don't know I just have this weird feeling that England just doesn't beat Germany. Yeah, I I'm I don't know if Germany can keep a clean sheet against literally like anybody. So I I think England's going to score. They, if they can, it's one shot on target a game. England. You see, I'm I'm sort of hoping it's sort of like a like a like a three or four one. Like I'm well, hoping I would, this, I would, I would the good think Germany you team that, comes, yes. you know. But I just have no idea what's going to happen. Nobody yeah, it's, does. It's a, it's a tough one to call, and I just, I, for some reason, I just, I, my my brain is saying to say Germany one nothing. So that's what I'm going to go. Yeah, with. I'll say Germany three one. But I, I like, I think the, uh, I mean, look, England has been pretty terrible. I'm, I mean, terrible. Yeah. Terrible to watch. At least this German team tries to possess an attack, and they they've gotten beaten on like. You know, first of all, they played much harder teams, much harder teams. Yeah, than England did. So it's like just not fair to compare playing France and Portugal versus like, you know, whoever you know Scotland, which England couldn't break down. So right. and by the way, got outplayed by. So I don't know. Yeah, and that's and I think that's that feeds into my thoughts too. It's like Germany is battle tested, England is not. Germany have better players. I mean, maybe that's not true. in one part of the field, but they should they should be able. They have a no, I think player. overall, overall they yeah. do. So anyway, all right. So I, I think I'll that's the one. So that's the game that had the most to talk about. And I think the last game of the round of 16 is probably the one with the least amount to talk about. This is in Glasgow. It is Sweden against Ukraine. 
And um, I'm just going to say Sweden wins one nothing because Ukraine's never going to break them down and Sweden will get a goal and, like, that's it, right? I'll say <laughs> I'm hoping this goes to PKs just because I love PKs when I don't have a dog in the hunt. And I have no idea who's going to win. Probably Sweden. They're probably a bit better. But, you know, those Yarlamenko-type fellas, uh, whatever, Yaramchuk, Yarlamenko, or whatever the other Yars in, in Ukraine, they can score some goals. So maybe Nibs will get... Get some delight. So, Who knows? You know, it's it's interesting. I was, you know, Sweden, right? They shut out Spain. They shut out uh, Slovakia, and then they're beating Poland two nothing. And then they did something very bizarre. Unlike them, they started bombing guys forward up to nothing. Obviously, if you see the first Lewandowski goal, that happens because they get caught in transition, which is odd because they haven't been caught in transition the entire tournament. And I almost have this weird feeling that uh, their coach decided to just practice like what would happen if they were down by a goal in, like, the knockout stage, and they needed to go, like, to score. Right. It was, like, a very bizarre, like, tactical decision. But otherwise, they've just been so solid at the back. Um, you know, Lewandowski actually got a couple on him, of course. But other than that, they, you know, they kept Spain at bay. They shut Slovakia down entirely. As you said, Yarmolenko's nice, and they have a couple guys who can make some things. But it's just, you know, they're going to have to score from 25 yards out. Like, there's no way – they're not going to get those chances inside the box that, you know, that you would hope to score on. And, of course, that's how Ukraine even – kind of got a goal against, uh, you know, the Netherlands, et cetera, et cetera. But I just – you could go to penalty 0-0, but I just don't see Ukraine certainly scoring a goal. So Sweden can just get the one. And Forsberg's obviously in form. Uh, Izak is due to get one. He's been so dangerous for three games. And maybe old man Larson even gets one because he's been close a couple times but hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah, agreed. I think they're better. But but it's just – it's not a lot to talk about, right? It's just just not the most intriguing – uh, kind of round of 16 matchup, but I think Sweden is the favorite here. and So that's where we yep, are. Right, they, let, let's talk about the fantasy. We got a little, we got a little lead going on. We got a, I wouldn't say totally a close one, but you know, every there's a few people in, uh, in it's range. Pretty, so it's, it's pretty close. I mean, it's this, pretty, is, this yeah, is, it's not, a, it's certainly not, certainly not a blowout. Um, I don't even know. How do we want to do this? Do we want to do top to bottom, bottom to top alphabetical order? You pick. Uh, let's, let's do, um, bottom to top. No, let's do who complains the most. Just kidding. Let's do bottom to top. All right. So we got, uh, we got Andy sitting with 116 points, uh, still has, you know, a nice cross section of players, uh, you know, France goalies, of course, uh, you know, Belgian defender, De Jong, who's been okay. Mojo too, of course, has been okay. Uh, other than that, it's been pretty slow rolling. I would say that his best chance, obviously, to get out of the cellar would be for England, of course, to beat Germany, as we will talk about with our seventh place person in a minute. But obviously, it's to just get Dragons players all to die yeah. and then try and catch up with, like, France goalies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. Turkish delight did not go well for Andy. No, no, that did not work out. Uh, a brave a brave decision, brave effort on his part, but um, obviously flamed out and, and so – Good players yeah. still, but just not enough of them. And again, you know, a couple guys here, a couple guys on that team, this team and that team, which means that there's not, you know, he's not he's not relying on one team. But again, this means that as, of course, the tournament goes on, players are going to start getting knocked out. And of course, that kind of means. Right. I mean, he right. He's got Giroud and Bellati who are bench players. And, you know, then he's got Rebach, Rebach just kidding, who's Croatian. Um, who's not so doing he, anything though but right and then probably gonna lose if you're right and then he's got bail so let's see i mean maybe bail can yeah. can do something but, but again it, 
his his chances of getting out of there again do rely on as we're going to talk about with drags and seventh heavily on the Germany, which worked great in the second group stage, but obviously did not work great uh, outside of that. And again, obviously he goes as far as Germany decides to take him. And if Germany were to lose to England, that's about that, right? Yeah, but the, and the you know his problem is I don't think he can win because well, no, he's no, too no, far he's behind too far me, up. and I've got five starting Germans, so I think he's sort of. Yeah, so this is really just trying to stay, have Germany win enough games that he can make sure he avoids the basement. Other than that, there's just, you know, Lewandowski obviously is out, though he put up a good amount of points before that. A couple, you know, a couple Dutch guys, you know, obviously Dumfries has been okay. And, you know, but again, it's then he has like a guy on Croatia and a couple guys on Portugal and a guy on Denmark. And a guy like, so it's just, and those guys, again, they just are subject to attrition. So it is, it's all Germany or nothing. And, as far yeah. as Germany goes, is as many points as Dragon will get. And, of course, if they lose to England, he is at risk of yeah. dropping into that last spot. In sixth place, we got Jordan with 156 points, 16 points out of Matt. And, of course, that North Macedonian gambit didn't necessarily work, though, to be fair. He didn't really start many of them at any point, so it wasn't like he really took it on the chin exactly. Um, yeah, Jordan, good attackers, and then uh, that's about it. Well, he's got Pogba. And well, Pogba's uh, played well, but again, fantasy wise, you know, like as great as Pogba has been, again, 14 fantasy points in three games is not, you know, not no, what I, you would I, hope, but as good as he's been. But he's capable of of, yeah. of of scoring. Jorginho, Italy hasn't had the penalty kicks that would have helped him. And so that's been tough. He's had uh, Kimpembe, obviously, is going to get him points probably going forward. So it's, but it, again, it's a little bit of a, a mixed bag. Denmark's his goalie. So we'll hey, see. But at least they have whale. I mean, you know, for me, for me and him, and we'll get to me obviously in a sec. But Sweden and, and Denmark having those two kind of like mid tier goalies, and all of a sudden get into the round of sixteen and face very win- you know winnable games for what you'd expect. It's actually a nice little pleasant bonus if you can get a team like that, and we get them even in the quarterfinals where you get you know that little extra win that you might not have expected to get before the tournament, right? Yeah, that's right. So of course, if Denmark beats Wales, that would help him. I feel like because of Lukaku and a couple of the other guys, he probably has enough points there to make sure he doesn't finish in last. Agreed. Uh, but uh, but I don't, again, I don't see him necessarily making a push because even if – I mean, I guess if Denmark wins the entire tournament, he could get close. But even then, I don't think it would be enough to make up the amount of ground necessary, right? Agreed. Yeah, it's going to be tough. All right. So then we have a big jump up all the way into fifth place. I believe we got Stroh with 185 points. Um He's been competitive throughout, but, you know, as, as per is, he somehow has managed to get unlucky quite a bit with some subs and some, you know, not necessarily injuries, but, you know, teams resting his players, but not other players, et cetera, et cetera. But that said, he's obviously gotten a lot of performance, especially in the last round through Benzema and Forsberg as well. Um, not necessarily great when your best player in, after the group stage is a Swedish guy, but, you know, he's in the picture, I guess, at least. Right. But he's got, he's got Benzema and Chiro Mobley. So that's good for him. I don't know what they'll do with Thiago if he's going to start. Sané is probably going to ride the bench for the rest of the time. You know, Pedri, I don't know. Klaassen doesn't play. So his midfield's a little weak. He's got Forsberg, who's, like you said, crushed it. And then um, he got a great pick with Spinozola, right? That's been a great one for him. Um, And then, yeah, he's pretty pretty tied to Spain because I don't think uh, DeVry and Guerrero. I think he's going to need Spain to, to, to keep him going here. Um, but it, he's also all over the place, isn't he? That's another, yeah, right. So we're seeing again, like, I'll just look at it, you know, he has a couple Portuguese guys and he has a couple Belgian guys. And he has, you know, 
again, you said he's big on Spain, but and that's great, except if they win, then they play France, and then he has Benzema and, and Lucas Hernandez. Hernandez, yeah. Right, so it's the kind of, and, you know, and, and of course, in that whole half, and then Italy would play Belgium, and, the, you know, so it's just like, that again, I think the biggest problem we have with this Italy, Belgium, Portugal, Spain, all kind of being on the same side of the bracket, as it turns out, is that those of us who are kind of heavy on those teams are all going to see a lot of, you know, necessary attrition, Whereas you might have thought before the tournament, hey, like all these teams can make the semis or whatever. And, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, but again, um, I think that he's headed towards a, a fairly stable mid-table finish. Well, um, he, he could do better. You, you never no, know. I mean, I he mean, could end up like top two know, or three. Yeah, he, he could definitely do better. We'll see. It, I mean, I think the problem is that you said he kind of needs Spain to kind of do well, uh, you know, with the goalies and, of course, with Pau Torres, et cetera, et cetera. But, of course, the inherent problem is, is you, you start looking at the people ahead of them and there are two people ahead of them who also have a lot of Spanish guys. And so, you know, and uh, I'm ahead of them by four points as we transition there. And, again, I have Laporte and Alba. So if Spain wins, that's all well and good. But I have those two guys. If France wins a couple of games, that's all well and good. He has Benzema, but I have Mbappe and, you know, Conte. If Belgium does well, uh, you know, so it's kind of weird because, it's, you know, it, I guess it just comes down to then as we sit and watch these games all the time, who is going to score the goals and – you know, that kind of obviously changes everything, but a lot of us near the top are all kind of on some similar uh, similar teams and, you know, whatever. So it's just going to be interesting to see how kind of it all shakes out, right? Yeah, and you, you got unlucky that, well, I guess Paul, Paul Mary is sort of not you're not going to be starting. Um, no, wait, that's, the, the, no, the Florenzi part sucks. Um, Florenzi's yeah. injured, yeah. It, 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 so I think what the, you know, I was just thinking about it to myself, and I go, it's amazing that I'm actually that I've kind of maintained a top three, top four kind of standing for most of this thing, even though like none of my players have played particularly well. Um, certainly, I mean, from a fantasy, right? Barella has been good, obviously, when he was on the field and Thornton Hazard's been like, they look good, but they're just not. No goals from Mbappe. So no, that's, uh, that's he's been, by the way, he's been low key bad because he should have four goals in this tournament and he just keeps shooting it right at goalies. Like it's like his runs are good and everything else is still good, but he's just not like he's just his finishing has just been horrible. Uh, All right, well, Jared, a... Jared, who scores a goal first, Kane or Mbappe? Definitely Mbappe. Oh, uh, Mbappe, because he's, like, actually getting shots on target. Like, Kane's had, like, one legit chance on target, like, all the game. Mbappe's had several chances. Of course, you know, should have had a goal and an assist against Germany, but for, you know, having a big foot yeah. uh, kind of deal, right? So, I mean, he's still dangerous. But, I mean, uh, I'm the only person who hasn't had a guy get 20 points in a game yet. Um, so, I haven't had, like, that that one, you know, blow-up kind of performance. Um yeah, Laporte got a nice little cheeky goal, uh, as you know, and that's kind of helped. But super, you know, I, the, the good news is, it's like you know, I've I've been competitive without anybody going off. But at the same time, it's like I've gotten a lot of points from, you know, Austrians and Swedes, and of course, that's not right. Um, Potentially not, not, not built to last. <laughs> it's not last as I'm lasting very well. Obviously, Austria certainly, you know, is not you know is not, and so I'm going to lose some guy, and I have Italians too, so of course I'm going to lose guys there. But like unless Mbappe loses his mind, I just I don't see where it comes from um if i self-evaluate honestly i think Mbappe, like but, happen, but he's but... capable right in the knockout stages of the world cup he he became a monster right. so we'll see I mean, but i think the other problem is i think obviously i have one english dude and i have a couple swedish guys and then every single other person i have is on the top half of the bracket yeah um so again you know it's the spain france italy belgium all being in the same place kind of deal well that's what my team is so um, that, you know, by the semis, I'm going to have five guys left tops. Like, so at that yeah. point, you know, at, at the same time, it's going to be also hard for that reason. So, yeah, I mean, is it, pos- is it possible? I suppose um, I have to, you know, I have to root 
for very specific things to happen. Yeah, uh, certainly invites to have happen. Um, certainly Germany, the Germany England game feeds into that. A lot of people uh, cheering against Germany. Yeah, <laughs> although, no, that, you know, although to be honest, like if England wins, then you guys are all going to be potentially shooting at Manuel. Um, well, I, so. you know, it, it's funny. It, I, I will say this, and, and I was looking at it as well, but like I think I want England to beat Germany, and it's for no other reason than in the quarterfinals, I think Sweden would have a better chance of beating England than Germany. I think i don't even know if that's true i mean I maybe germany true, has I shown like they are capable of losing to north macedonia in an important game so. i guess I, I guess but yeah I, I don't know so for me i'm like I, you know if i want i, I kind of want that those swedish guys to get me some points where nobody you know, or for fewer people would and so i kind of need I, I you know whatever that quarter you know hopefully have of course if sweden wins if, you know first off but if they be if they can get to the semis then yeah um, but third place we got gourd who is seven points ahead of me with 196. But as we talked about, we have Gord has two problems. First of all, he has 12 guys left. Yeah. Um, he lost a massive eight guys in the group stage. Second of all, he has three defenders left and one of them doesn't start. Right. <laughs> so, and, and, and yeah, and he will have far less than that. Right. I mean, Third he, of all, Belgium plays Portugal. So he is minimally, he is, he's going to, he's either going to lose four or five guys or he is going to lose his best player. Right. Um, and so, if you look at the guys that are going to get in points, that's all well and good. So either Ronaldo gets in points, but his entire team gets submarined, or it's going to be like a Winaldum or a De Bruyne. But again, even when that happens, when Belgium gets points, everyone's getting points. And when the Netherlands get points, like you're certainly going to get points being in the leader and et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. Um, it's just not enough. You, you need more than one player. Right. And Telemans has been very solid, but he's not, you know, he's not really going to score you any goals. So he, you're, you're hoping for, you know, seven points at best. Um, Grealish obviously got to start and look good, but is Grealish a guarantee to keep starting? I don't know. Batchelor doesn't even play. Like, it just there's yeah. just no. He has no. He has no cards left to play. His hands out, and he just has to hope. And I just right. He's got like five five key players that he needs to ride. They're all mostly Belgians because he has to hope Ronaldo scores but loses. But if Ronaldo scores, but then, then goal goalkeepers. Are, right, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is like it's a tough one. I don't think so. He has so you know, sadly for him, I think he's he's going to end up finishing in that fifth to sixth range. I think by it's all said and done, and and West Belgium runs on a run, shuts out four times, and wins the title. That, but even then, I don't. I'm not sure he wins. So I suppose, I suppose he could. Maybe. Yeah. I guess if, if no. Belgium had four straight clean sheets, depending on who scored, yeah, he could. Gone, he could. Possible. If Belgium dominated, that's, he could. That's that's a lot to ask for. Yeah. Now we have an unusual, uh, a unusual name in the top two of a major tournament. We have Manny, who not only is sitting in second place, about 24 points out of the lead, but actually has his entire roster left, which might be the most unmanny thing ever. Um, well, except that year where he picked uh, basically oh, the two teams to go to the final. He, right, and then still didn't get in. And still lost, yeah. Um, all right, so what do we say about Manny? Obviously, this comes down to England-Germany. He needs England to beat Germany. Uh, it is that simple. And if England wins the tournament, I would suppose it would be coming home to Manny. I would almost have to uh, with that many guys. Correct. Uh, you, you would think so. Um but it's unclear that he even has like necessarily the players who are going to like carry the load for England, right? No, but because at least he has so the goalies and two. He has the goalies and two starting defenders. So I mean, if they win, then he'll certainly you know be helpful there. Um, at the meantime, he can still try and get some bonus points out of the French defenders, assuming they start. 
if Spain actually decides to play it all well and he can get a couple more goals out of that. You know, there's, there's points to be had. Well, you're assuming but, Shaw keeps starting. We'll see. I mean, he might, but he might I mean, I, I think he will. Uh, I kind of get the sense he will. He, he hasn't done anything to lose his spot, per se. Um, and Chilwell, and you know what if, Chilwell's out with COVID or whatever, so that right. helps. And, of course, uh, he's with me, hoping that the Austria pulls the little upset of Italy, uh, which, is, of course, won't be guys that we necessarily start this round, but it'll just be um, – you know, just to eliminate Italian guys and then have those guys moving forward. But again, yeah. all in on England, Shakiri will be exiting at, after the 27 <laughs> effort, I would think, because right. I don't think they're beating France. Good investment, but probably not beating France. Is Morata going to start against Croatia? Um, I, I think yes. God, good board. Poor guy. What, what do you think? I mean, I guess he will because he keeps saying it's, uh, you know, plus 10 or whatever, but... And coming I, I just, coming off of a five nothing win, I mean, I think he will. I just seems like all these guys came in off the bench and all looked more promising and more attacking and more dangerous. Yeah. So I don't know. Moreno gets a goal. Torres gets a goal. Um, by the way, Manny having two guys that he has to start that come in off the bench and score is just fucking ridiculous. That it's, is the most absurd. Well, I don't know. Fantasy thing. He called on text that Goretzka was going to come off the bench. No, and I, under- score. I understand that. I understand that, but it's still just so unrepeatable. Well, Goretzka is going to start, so he's got. Well, that no, I understand. For him. And then Baumgartner, of course, scores while he's concussed, and then comes out like two seconds later. Right. Um, right. It just, I mean, it really is the. Whole, it, it, it's a rabbit's foot situation there as well. Yeah. All right. Well, so yourself in the lead, two twenty-five, as we just talked about, Germany, England, of course, featuring prominently, Italy as well. Um, I don't. I don't think it's obviously, uh, and of course, a couple of Dutch guys. You've created a good roster, and they are playing well. And if Germany wins. Beats England, uh, you know, you're going to be really tough to beat because you figure Italy will get at least one win in the knockouts. The Netherlands will get at least one win, if not more, probably at least two wins in the knockouts. You have players that are putting up points, and, you, I, you know, I don't think anyone listening to this really wants to hear us wax poetic for 20 minutes about how good you are at this, but it's kind of the reality of the situation, right? Well, I got unlucky with Erickson, obviously. He's my he's my captain, but that's some that's pretty bad luck. And Kaylani, but you, got, you and Stroh both had bad luck, too. But other than that, I like I like where I am because I have two shots of getting a goalie deep, right yep. on the opposite sides of the bracket. I, if Germany goes down, that doesn't put me out because I still have Kane and who the hell knows, right? You know, I still have Kane and then I have a starting defender and Walker. Um, and I think the Dutch have a chance to make a run to the final, and uh, that'll be good for me. And you know, Italy too. So I've got a lot of ways I can win. Um, yeah. But but it's yeah, not a yeah. sure. It's definitely not a sure thing. Not no, it's close. not a sure thing, but I think you know you're in good, a good position. I think you're the favorite, clearly. Um, which is not to say you're over 50%, but you, you have the plurality chance, I would say, of winning. And yeah, I guess that's just what we're used to at this point. Uh, nobody really enjoys it anymore. It's not fun for anybody else. We're kind of trying to figure out a way to disinvite you um, and all that good stuff. Right. Sounds good, but let's just wait until I have that <laughs> yeah. little golden boot foot all right, in my last thing, Last thing before we move on. Uh, Woody, who do you have uh, independent of fantasy? Uh, just give me a quick prediction. Who's winning the tournament? Well, I picked, I, picked, I picked Italy at the beginning, and I have no reason to change that, to be honest. I, my heart says Germany, but obviously my head says no fucking way is it going to be Germany. So I, I'll stick with Italy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that if, you know, if that Italy-France semifinal happens, obviously I think that team is going to win. I still think France is the best team as well as Italy has played. I do want to say that even though, obviously, whoever wins England, Germany, and the Netherlands – or the class, it would not surprise me in the least to see one of the other teams on that side make the final like Croatia did. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, could Sweden, be horse, yeah. Sweden or Denmark or something like that. Um, I, it wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't obviously bet on it, but you know, Sweden is going to be very tough to beat. I, I know I have a couple of their fancy guys, so I'm a little selfish in saying that. But, um, but Jared, you know, imagine if Denmark goes to the final. Oh, that would I mean, be great. We oh don't, my we god, that would be, be so great. It would be and so everyone great. would be rooting for them. Um, no, so certainly that. All right, so let's quickly before we we run uh, and go do dinner things. Um, Copa America. This has been the most like look after a cup of nations, we love it, but it's and it's insane and it's unpredictable. But this this Copa is the most crazy thing we've ever done, right? This is insane, right? Yeah, it's pretty stupid. But I still think we need to stick to our rules, right? Like uh, people need to start their players and not just have you just choosing for them. Um, But you know, it's been pretty dumb. But I I feel like it's hilarious. I I feel like my team is terrible and never done well, and I'm still winning. So I don't know how that happened. I guess it's just because nobody's starting and like people just we didn't yeah know. you just you have you just have guys that are playing and it's like and what i what i like and what i really thought would happen here these these teams just came off of playing world cup qualifiers right which is more, obviously more important than this the players don't even want to play they're like we can cancel copa america like et cetera, et cetera. all this stuff is going on right and then all these teams just play like these 35 year old players like every game <laughs> every three days and it's just like like it's like i'm like uruguay is like already through okay we're just gonna play suarez and Cavani again and chile's already through let's just roll vidal and vargas out there and, and yeah and, like it's just it doesn't make and like and I I wrote, it's amazing when i drafted vidal we thought he had like COVID or something and i was right, like, yeah, right, like old man strategy, yeah he's like in the hospital he's like and he plays every he game he plays just, every like, minute of every game and, and just, by the way just, two out of three games has gotten negative points so there you go I mean, it's just so it's, it's a madness. It's insane. It's unpredictable. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Brazil's obviously going to win the tournament. It would seem. Poor Messi. I mean, there. poor Messi, right? Because Brazil's <laughs> going to win, and, and there's nothing Messi can do about it. And, he, but... and he's trying to do everything. And, I know. And you can tell. It's so sad. And the and the refs are helping Brazil when they don't need it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I mean, it's it, it just been crazy. Uh, you are leading that as well because nobody can have nice things. But again, there's. Five of the seven people are within 17 points. There's a lot going well, on there. Th- yeah, that's actually incredibly close. It's actually going to be – it's going to come down to the wire because Brazil's so distributed amongst the teams. And I right. think the craziest part about Copa is, like, they're, they're, the last group stage games start, I believe, uh, tomorrow. And what's amazing is in Group A, the four teams are already qualified. So other than seeding, like – and Chile's obviously done, but, like, there's nothing to play for. And yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see, are these teams – like, do these teams actually have the ability to sit guys – they don't. A game. They can't. Like, They're just going to keep rolling out their talisman who are just like 40 years old. Like Argentina is playing Bolivia. Argentina is playing Bolivia. Like, why would Messi play? Like, why would he play? But he has he'll to. be out there. Like, he, no, By he the will. Way, like, he absolutely... the, these games are so much different from the Euros. Like, these guys are just throwing themselves in oh, tackles and launching demo- their bodies. It's, it's unbelievably fun if, to watch. If, if the European refs, like, ref these games, there'd be nine red cards red every cards game. Every... Just be <laughs> At the end, there's always, like, 14 minutes of extra time. And there's, oh, like, it's, yeah. shouting matches and pushing matches and a red card here. It's amazing. I mean, it's yeah, so no, funny. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's from a fantasy. Like, I don't even know. Like, there's no way to really analyze it. Um, to be fair, when the draft happened, I thought Renato had the best team, and he's sitting there in sixth place, nearly in last place. Um, I, it's just, it's been just a wild, uh, crazy thing. Like you're trying to bet, like there's fucking bye weeks in this thing. Like, I, I mean, it's just, it's an utter, like, I, and I'd like to be able to talk a lot about it, but there's just nothing to say. Like it's, it's fucking crazy. Like there's just, it's unpredictable. We don't know who's starting guys just randomly disappear. Like they go from starting one game and not even <laughs> making the bench in the next game. We yeah. don't know why? Like there's no, like, there's no news. Like, like, aren't, like totally like they just it, it, show up and disappear with not. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it's just, it really is the craziest thing. Um, 
I, you know, I've start, I keep starting. Well, I didn't start the wrong goalies per se, but I don't even know what's going on. I don't I have guys that like played all the World Cup qualifiers who aren't playing in the Copa. It just, oh, well, that was my, by the way, that's the only thing I've done well is the strategy of just drafting the three worst goalies in the group stage has gotten me the most goalie points, which is kind of hilarious. I yeah, don't think that will help me going because, forward. But. Because these guys face like 35 shots on goal. Yeah, games exactly. Exactly. Like the Venezuela-Colombia game, don't even get me started on that. Yeah. That was just like, – I was sitting there on Father's Day with my dad just like this is a – like just yelling at the TV. He's just like – he's just shaking his head like what have I done wrong yeah. as like a parrot. But I'm just like this is like just – it's it's silly. And the own goals and the, you know, missed penalties and it's red amazing. cards. And, I appreciate you know. all you do, Jared. I have to, I have to go. Uh, it's yeah. bedtime for – for the little guy, but thanks for everything. Good, good no, stuff. We'll definitely be doing this again before the end of the tournament or at the end of the tournament. Jeff, thank you for joining us. And this has been another great episode of the golden balls podcast. All right. See you, man. Uh, yeah. Bye. Bye.